0: Why are we doing this? For the love of the game, mate. For the love of rugby. Who doesn't love rugby? A sport founded in 1823 by a young man called William Webb Ellis. Good start. It has laws, values and loads of complicated shit. Like line-outs.
1: Let me introduce your hosts. No man has played for England more times than Ben Young's. Make your wish, chuck in your coin, and then someone chucks in a magnet behind you on a string and then just sucks up the coins and just (laughs) steals it. Steals (laughs) it. Thank fuck he's got a podcast. The jibber-jabber on that mouthy can... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, mate. Hang on. Let me have another go, please.
0: Current England squad, who do you reckon would make the best gladiator?
1: Oh... Dan Cole,
0: with his hundred caps, all his medals, his cuddly, cute face, and his beautifully shiny head. Number one's Coliseum. Number two is the Pantheon. Are you been to the Pantheon? No. Honestly, is Coley actually doing this? Well, if you want stories about traffic on the M1, then he's perfect. Like you go on a Sunday night, you think it's going to be empty, and then around Northampton, you get stuck. There's got all these 50 miles. For the love of rugby. Love of rugby. In today's episode, your guide to Rome. The eternal city, home to the Pantheon, the Colosseum, St. Peter's
1: Basilica. And England's first game of this year's Six Nations. Let's do it. Enjoy. Sorry, let me just uh, save these
0: websites. Coley, traffic mate, how was it? Well, hello, Ben. <laughs> Have you seen that clip? Uh, well, hello, it's Ainsley Harriet. Is it Ainsley Harriet? Genius. Um, <laughs> on a tangent, the traffic is um, as you come into Leicestershire from Rutland, it's a posh road, but someone had put a little sign of like Ainsley Harriet on like the Welcome to Leicestershire sign. It's just so random. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sticker. What's he doing, Leicester? Nothing, nothing, but it's just someone's obviously just stuck a sticker Every time I drive past it, I'm like, well, hello, Leicester. <laughs> anyway, um, traffic, traffic's all right. My only issue was, not issue, but obviously, it's cold, so you just take a bit of defrosting, in it? But pre-planning, it's all right. Do you have an ice scraper? No, I
1: don't, no. No, I actually just sat in my car, freezing, and just waited for it to all defrost. Right. Uh, and I warmed up with it. But
0: one thing I will say, we recently came back from a Leicester game late at night, and all the cars had frozen over. I was there with my trusty ice scraper, but I had to do about four cars, because... No one seems to carry an ice scraper. But you're a good good Samaritan doing that for everyone. I did, yeah. I my, couldn't feel the end of my fingers till I got home, but it was fine. Um, and when
1: you left the car park, did you turn left or did you turn right? I turned right. Oh, good. Good yeah. discipline, that. Yeah. If you went left, it's um, a couple of fast food restaurants. It's just double checking <laughs> that he's getting yeah, his no, nutrition I went, right.
0: I went right. Anyway, and we anyway, are here yeah. today to discuss England, Italy. Do you remember the last time it snowed in Rome? In fact, do you remember the last time it snowed in Rome in the past 100 years, apparently
1: according to the Romans? Well, this weekend they're playing... And it's not scheduled to snow. But yes, I do. I was there.
0: And as were you. Yes, 2012. Uh, I remember getting there, yeah, and it was all over the news. And it's like, oh, it's the first time it snowed in Rome in uh, 100 years. And we were like, oh, yeah, it's quite bad. And then we went there two years later, and it was snowing. And it was the first time it snowed in 100 years. <laughs> and you're like, why are you being gaslighted by the Italian authorities? Obviously, they'd never dealt with snow in 100 years, apparently. So nobody knew how to drive, that no. day
1: all twist and go go's, which yeah. is mopeds were out of use because um i don't even know but the twist and go go is a popular Italian. mode of transport yeah. in italy the moped but i remember our bus as well
0: being we were stuck behind a fiat panda which <laughs> yes, i we used were. to have one at the time so i respect all fiat panda drivers but this thing was doing four mile an hour <laughs> honestly and even like the police feel like the riders are like fuck <laughs> off like move but he was like she was so like panicked about the snow it just wouldn't I remember we left the hotel and they had a... It was a bulldozer. Honestly, the snow must have been a centimetre thick. It wasn't, that, that, it wasn't <laughs> too bad, was it? But we had to wait, did we? We had to wait ages for this bulldozer to, like, clear the road for us to... It was just like... We'll be all right. Yeah.
1: If I remember correctly as well, it was one of those moments where no one knew if the game was going to go ahead as well. So when yeah. we got there, it was like, oh, is it frozen? Yeah. Is it not? It was Baltic. Yes. Loads of fans couldn't get to the game and when we got there, they were using leaf blowers Yes, to try petrol and... Petrol leaf blowers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to one way that. of
0: getting Rome warm was to try and like <laughs> add to climate change and use petrol leaf blowers as we're warming up. So... A, you couldn't hear a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, you get choked out. You're trying to get, like, warm up for the game, aren't you? And you just get exhaust fumes in your face. And you can't hear a thing. It's is, like
1: is trying to warm up and just breathing in f- fumes and feeling horrendous. <laughs> They're just trying to blow the lines off and you're like, it's <laughs> the, still um, snowing. That was, so that was actually Stuart Lancaster's first Six Nations. Yes, And to be fair, Italy should have won that day. Charlie Hodgson charged down. Charged down Charlie. Because didn't he get one the week before He got one the week before against Scotland Scotland away in Murrayfield. He did. And then he got one in Italy. Yeah. And he basically saved our
0: bacon. I've actually written the score down here, Ben. What was it? That game was 15-19 to England. So there's been some, I'll say, in the year before, well, two years before, that was my first start. We won 13-17. Was that your first start? At the old Stadio Flaminio.
1: Oh, I never played there.
0: Do you not? What was it like? You missed out. I can't really remember, to be honest. Ben. Yeah. I was grabbing my pants about the game. <laughs> they were going to renovate it, and make it into like a this Italian rugby centre. Yeah, and then it's just I googled it recently, and it's literally just a rundown stadium.
1: They've just left it. Yeah, sounds pretty Italian, though, doesn't yeah, <laughs> it? <laughs> That's a
0: shame. But yeah, if you want to guess the England team that day, Ben,
1: I reckon I can do that. All right then, uh, Tim Payne.
0: Oh, we're starting up front, are we? Yeah,
1: of course we are. Yes, Payne. The hooker would have been Tomo, Steve Thompson. Yeah, he came off the bench. So, oh, Dylan Hartley. Yes. Dan Cole. Yes. In the row, I'd go for Lewis Deacon. He was on the bench. Steve Balfour. Yes. And captain, captain to compliment Steve would have been? Tall man with a bad back. <laughs> Simon Shaw. <laughs> yes. Uh, absolute legend. Uh, back row would have been Lewis Moody. Yes. Joe Worsley. Nope. I'm going to go Nick Easter. Yes. Was Lewis Moody at six or he seven? Was at seven. So six. Oh, Tom Croft. No. Oh. No. Biggest rival. James Haskell. Haskell, yeah. The unflushable turd. Yes, of English Uh, rugby. Of English rugby. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed, that is. That's not me calling that. That is self-proclaimed. Nine, uh, Danny Kerr. Yes. Uh, Ten, Toby Flood. Wilkinson. Oh.
0: Flood was the only bloke not to get on the pitch. Was he? (laughs) He Ah. (laughs) was There's probably another memory of him being fuming. (laughs) Can't remember the game. I should remember Floody being very angry about not getting on. So, centres, let's go. uh, Tatey at 13. Yes, because he scored. I think he was the one who made the break. He sort of, it wasn't like a one to try, but he scored like a break, which bailed England out. Thank goodness a Tate. Yeah.
1: 12. Ooh. Uh, Ricky Flutie? Yes. So wingers are oh, Mark Quayto. Yeah. Armstrong at fullback. Yes. And the other wing would have been, show me the Monier Ugo Monier. Correct, yes. That's a good team, that. That's actually
0: a ba- not a bad team. How'd you go? Well, we, we won 13-17, I think. I remember afterwards, um Steve Borthwick got hammered because he sort of said, And you did some great things today. And I think the media just went off. No, they didn't. They were crap. And Basically, we just got panned. Great start to your career. Um,
1: Obviously, that first cap, that first experience, was it everything you thought it was going to be?
0: I think mum and dad were there. Um, I think the scrum... I think we've got on a couple, to be honest, Ben. Back,
1: rest, five, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, right, pushing, back five and Not enough pu- weight for the back
0: five. Number eight, not pushing. Trying to get off the scrum too early yeah, that's it. Correct. And then uh, I don't, the game, I think, was just very, it was an arm wrestle. I don't think Parise played, but there was that sort of
1: era of Italian rugby, and they're very good. We should probably touch on Parise. Is he playing this weekend? Well, he never got his farewell game, did he? Correct. He, he was meant to play 2019. He was meant to play against New Zealand. And then the Typhoon came. Yes. So he didn't get canceled. that. So it got cancelled. He was then meant typhoon. to play... And Huggies or something like that, wasn't it? We, we were in an aeroplane, shaking everywhere, Oof. landing in... Where did we go to back to? Miyazaki. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We'll cover that in yeah, another yeah. pod. Um. And then he was meant to get a farewell game. I believe he was meant to play in 2020 against England. Did he play that Six, he played that six Nations? Though? No, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he was meant was to was play the last game oh, right. in Rome against England in the yeah. 2020 but he didn't because it was COVID. So he's never got his farewell. And now he's retired. Really? Now he's coaching. Maybe he could, know he could come on like, you um, know, Gladiator where they bring like
0: the goal back wherever he is with the face mask. They could bring him on.
1: He could easily be regarded as one of the greatest eights to have played the game. Yeah, well, yeah. Skills, high balls, the tackling, Jacqueline, yeah. all the bits he brings, even hitting drop goals. Sergio, he might be there at the weekend. Might play. I'm really interested to see how they go this weekend because having watched them last six nations I was really impressed with where they were going and actually that I thought they were really sort of expanding their game and traditionally they were sort of a I suppose well you look at like the base game the, the legend of like Italian rugby which is when we sort of
0: came through in what 2010 around that time and it's like your Castro Perugini, you're the front rowers, then you've got Bortolami, Parise, it's all forwards like one of the Bergamascos.
1: Yep. As a seven, not a
0: nine. Yeah, yes. Very forward dominant pack. Well, you look actually look at the Italians now, the way they play, they've still got a sort of a good full pack, but I think because they can't physically overpower you, they play a lot more sort of Kiwi S style of trying to move the ball around, like they're free flowing, they go edge to edge, edge to edge like a lot, and they will they're quite happy to move the ball and go multiple phases and try and break it down there. And
1: Souza yeah, um, uh, actually is an unbelievable runner. Yes. Free flowing player. Garbet sees another one. 23 still. I say I've, I've been really impressed with how they've evolved. The World Cup. You know, you'd know, you think there's going to be a bit of a reaction from that because as well as they have done in the in the Six Nations and they beat Australia a couple of autumns ago, they've sort of really grown their game. Actually, the World Cup was probably really disappointed by their standards yes. in terms of what they wanted. They've obviously got a heavy, heavy defeat to New Zealand. I think yes. blew them away, didn't they? Yeah. Intrigued to see the game this weekend, really, and see how, one, how Italy play with, with new coaching staff and how England deal with it. Because as we've mentioned, really, sometimes it's um, quite tight and it takes a long time to grind them down. Yes, you mentioned... Capuozzo and people like that. Capuozzo. We actually. From, I remember last one of the standout things. We call him um, Dynamite.
0: It was the training last year. No one could actually pronounce his name. It was like Capuozzo, 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 because obviously he's a fantastic player. And you kick him the ball, he's running it back and will happily step through. So I think a lot of the England game plan, which probably was a bit edgy last year, was kind of like denying him. It's obvious to say, but instead of mate, here's 50 meters of space to run at England's front five, show him down. Yeah. But I remember midway through the game, it was like we had a lineout and we we're asking at the back of lineout, it was like. How do we say his name? <laughs> the Italians are <laughs> like, them? what? Yeah, Italians like, <laughs> what? They're like, no, no, just tell us how you say his name. And they're like, fuck off. It's like, no, no. And I think they were just totally thrown.
1: I know that when we get there, often lads do try and see Rome in an hour get their bags dropped boys straight into a taxi and try and you do
0: actually from the airport to where we normally stay which is like the other side i think the airport's sort of the west of the city and then we normally stay in the middle but like in italy another fantastic thing from the rugby point of view is the traffic squad my favorite people
1: they're aggressive in Italy as
0: well but they come out in full like leathers they got leather boots they're almost like marshals of the road aren't they with their gloves on and they're properly, like, just forcing cars out of the way.
1: Whistles, bats, kicking in cars.
0: Yeah. Like, they literally don't mind driving past, today the they, just kicking um, no. passengers' doors of cars, just telling them to well, be drivers' doors, but, like, kicking them to get them out of the way.
1: They're quite aggressive when it comes to police escort out there. They love it, because I remember I remember one time we
0: came in on, like, a Thursday night, and they were literally shutting down, like, it was amazing, shutting down blocks of Rome for us to drive. But they like, other side of the road, they're, like, stopping cars miles ahead, and this bus, we were hurtling down the wrong side of the road, which was fine up until the point where we got to a pedestrian crossing... <laughs> and there was, a, there was oh yeah. a, we we're watching on the we had a camera on the bus and we he? did oh, what bus that was this is my favorite memories of rome is it involves the bus journey but um the camera watching the thing and there's a woman she's basically these police bikes have zoomed by in front of us and she's about to cross the road she sees them she stops and she looks to see what's going on as the bus went past her face oh it could, like, could have been horrendous killed her
1: and then no life. Carry on, she's alive thank god she's alive it's fine on Carry on. the um i feel like over the years our hotel standards have sort of declined declined yes that 2012 and we were in a mental hotel yeah I felt like I overlooked Rome with like marble corridors
0: marble stuff in the foyer the rooms were you know it's posh because you have a room and remember like the little corridor where you walk into your hotel room and you've got your toilet on your left bathroom on the left which is all marble they had a big fat door between the bedroom and the corridor like a silence like it was a soundproof door to make sure you, none of the people in the you know, corridor woke you up in the middle of the
1: night. I distinctively remember wearing a lovely hot chocolate and it really? came in this like silver, like huge teapot. Yeah. Um, this hot chocolate was made by, I don't know, the greatest chef in Italy. <laughs> the greatest hot chocolate <laughs> maker. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, maybe that's why we got lured in a little bit. Maybe we yeah, got a bit comfortable and then uh, Next l- thing you know, they
0: nearly did us. Unfortunately, this weekend... It's not on Valentine's Day, or it's not, it doesn't cover Valentine's Weekend. So normally it's like, oh, yeah, do you want to do something romantic this Valentine's Weekend? Let's go to Rome. Oh, yeah, I'll go to Rome. Like, I've got a load of sightseeing maps here. It's like, no, no, we're going to find the nearest Irish bar and watch the <laughs> other games on. And then we're going to go to the game. And then we're going to watch from probably a quarter of a mile away in the stand. And then we're going to go home.
1: And grab a pizza on the yeah, way through.
0: Yeah, maybe some carbonara. I think was, I've been to Italy three or four times, but normally... We sort of fly in on like sometimes the Friday, play Saturday, go home after the game, don't we? We do, yeah. So have you actually been to Rome and seen any of the sights and sounds?
1: I have. I've gone for leisure.
0: All right. A long weekend. Did you sit in an Irish bar watching rugby? No, I didn't.
1: Uh, I went in the summer and it was so hot and uncomfortable that actually (laughs) sightseeing was horrendous. Really? Because It was awful. It was like 30 odd degrees and couldn't escape it. Just sweating. Trying to see the sights. And then you always get lured in, like go to the Colosseum, there's some people dressed as gladiators, and you think, awesome, I want a picture with them. Yeah. Have a picture. Next minute, they're chasing you down the street, you're demanding twenty euros Catch. for having a, <laughs> <laughs> having a photo. Cool.
0: <laughs> right. So, current England squad. Who do you reckon would make the best gladiator in the Coliseum, and what would the um, what fighting tools would you have? Because it always amazed me. I used to read gladiator books as a kid. And there's always some bloke with like a um, shield and a sword. And there was some bloke with a fishing net. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. There's some bloke with like a helmet and a fishing net. It and doesn't have like a seem pair fair, of the bloke's got a sword. I'm like. In the movie, someone's trying is to it? stop yeah. someone with a net. And it's yeah. like. Great. Great. Who gave me that? Yeah. Who picked that up? If you had a choice, yeah. so why would like, you grab that? Correct. I don't know. A net. Yeah. Brilliant. even if you get him, he's just going to cut himself out of it. So you it's just so, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Who would be the greatest? Who would be a good gladiator? Yeah. Ellis Genge, probably, I'd say. Yeah. Strong. Powerful. Powerful but the thing is
0: angry we, yeah I'm, I might say one of the backs because if it's a long drawn out fight it would to be the worst yeah of course yeah he'd <laughs> be trying to run and climb out <laughs> scurrying, under scurrying underneath scurrying um, underneath if it was just a one on one probably Genji but then if it's like a full on day of battling I guess one of the backs because you might blow out in there
1: if it was me versus George I'd batter him <laughs> I'd absolutely he could have the net we and need I'd, to arrange he could that he have a net and I'd have my fist and yeah. I'd <laughs> batter him
0: <laughs> we should arrange this Paul, you, if you want to come on and uh, we'll do it for a charity me? event yeah um, in the Coliseum <laughs> before <laughs> England Italy we're going to in the costume yeah, you me, me
1: George charity yeah. Of yeah. George has to dress up as a gladiator yeah. as well we'll make him look Fight like to a, like to a the death in the uh, And um, for charity can, he, can, he can have his little net yeah. and I'll fill him in
0: well that were the ads fantastic ads too do you remember the time when the Turkish president decided to stay in the same hotel as us yes and coming and going out the hotel you were literally you had to go for about a hundred. I guess they were Turkish secret service or secret police or stuff like that.
1: But not very inconspicuous, were they? No, they all had like moustaches, glasses yeah. on, radio pieces in, <laughs> if you could uh, think like, suits, yeah. talking
0: up their sleeve. Yes, they were young men all with moustaches in suits,
1: wasn't it? And it <laughs> yeah, was like so <laughs> obvious. And basically, get patted yeah, down yeah. and go through yeah. essentially airport security yeah. twenty times just, so, just to I get, don't get think to they
0: reception. Were, that time we had to play there. When was that? There been twenty. 18? 18, 18, 18. It was 18. Anyway, sorry. But basically,
1: Rome's a bit strange because the route we sort of take, you don't really see any fans. No, you don't. When you compare it to Cardiff, Twickenham, Murrayfield, it's a bit similar to Paris, really, isn't it? You yeah. don't really sense there's a game going on because no. the route we go, you don't go through anything. You don't see the sort of wave of crowd heading towards the stadium. And the route that we go, you then come through like the back of the stadium anyway, don't yeah, you? Yeah. So as we come in, there's all those um, statues actually, isn't there? Yes. Of, of sort of Olympic sports.
0: I guess, yeah. Because yeah. obviously it's Olympic stadium built for the 1960 Olympic Games, Ben. And
1: there we go. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Good research. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, know, you get off the bus. You, we dropped off outside in the compound, but outside the stadium. Because sometimes buses go under the stadium. Yeah, take they, the they don't and there. Don't Italy. So you get off the bus. You then have to walk. You do sort of follow the route. Then you? you go under the stadium. And into the changing rooms, which they're also used by AS Roma. Roma and Lazio, the two Serie A Italian teams play there, but we were normally in the Roma change room. We aren't are we? in the
1: Roma change room, yeah, because they share the fun. ground.
0: Yes. We know it's the Roma change room because you're be on the team run the day before, don't we? In the changing rooms, they have all their name places out and everyone makes a rush for Totti's spot, don't they?
1: They basically scrap over it and demand that their changing the spot should be where Totti is. The Roma. Legend. Legend that's now retired. And the seats are really comfortable. They're, 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 the football seats, are, they're like padded. Yeah, yeah they're basically like, like um, racing embri- car seats, aren't they? They are. It's a nice change. However, really. the flooring could do with an upgrade. Yeah. It's essentially, as soon as you put your studs on, it's a death trap. Yes. So the flooring is tiled, but then has a layer of grease. It's a death trap. It is a death
0: trap. Walking out there. But yeah, it's like a swimming pool, basically. If you can imagine being at a local leisure centre with a pair of studs on, it's like that. Yeah. Um, especially when the showers overflow. But the change room's also, it's about four miles from the pitch. Give or take. Yeah. Lads have been tempted to
1: order an Uber to get to the anthems. So I'm pretty sure you come out of the change room, don't you? You turn probably left and then... Yeah, you come out of the change rooms, you take a left, and then you've got another really long walk yes. on death trap flooring. Yeah. it's uh, quite a narrow corridor. So you're kind floor. of shuffling. Yeah. But yes. all you're doing is, by shuffling with your studs rather than lifting your feet up, all you're doing is creating a really sharp blade with your studs. So if they, they did the stud check just before we run out, yeah. everyone would fail, yeah. everyone would have to change their boots. But you're right, you come out of the change rooms, Obviously, someone's spoke, got our final words, yeah. whatever. We go out. We have to leave probably a little bit earlier than but normal. You not you, that speech you in the change room, it
0: isn't too motivational. No. Because if you get the boys fired up then, you've still got a 15-minute walk to
1: the pitch. Yeah. So but it would have lost its effect by the time you get to the pitch. And what comes up has to come down, yes. and you don't want to plateau yes. by the time kickoffs, Although the anthem will get you back up, yeah, but yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll true, get to it, that. Yeah, yeah. So you come out you take a left, you go down there about another 20 you meters, Towing down the thing, yeah. sliding along like, um, you know, the, uh, what's the, you know, the ice skating sport when they go around in the circle, yeah. you know, the hands behind their backs like or leaning forward. That's essentially what we do in a line <laughs> like that. And we shuffle. Cutting <laughs> it. <to get>, yeah. <laughs> we get there. Then you have to go down about yeah, well, then the next 50 steps. The
0: next test. Before the real test is the fifty steps you have to go down to. Yep. Which I think is then like a media area, isn't it? I think it was all the pre-match stuff. Like, but obviously then you've got
1: normal. I think if I remember correctly, then you've
0: got you, some carpet. Yeah, you have got some carpet for the media types. Yep. they like carpet. You then get to another set of steps, which you look up, takes you to the actual playing surface, and
1: often you're held there. So yeah. you come down the steps. The captain stands at the front, and then still some some lads are probably yeah sort of I don't stuck know, on the stairs, stuck on the stairs. Yeah. Until you get the green light to go. Yeah. Itzy will be lining up on our left hand side. Uh, So again, it's that awkward moment of, do you look left and look at them or Do you stay really straight? Uh, Does anyone say anything? Often no one says anything. There's no like chat. There might be the odds. Come on, lads. It's pretty quiet at that point. Then you go up and right up another set of but stairs. We
0: also have to, some of us go up these steps on our hands and knees. Because they're pretty <laughs> steep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a kid, you can like, you just go up the stairs <laughs> on your hands and knees. It's like that. You've literally come down, you've gone all down the stairs across, and it. it's like, I don't want to trip up. So you're like, right, crawling up these stairs to get to the pitch. Well, and Jimmy then, George has got a history of tripping up at the O2. we've got called on stage.
1: Uh, I think big Vernon Kay called
0: us on the he he one by one.
1: Vernon Kay was announcing the World Cup 2015 squad, one by one, and he announced you, and you had to walk up the stairs and then go stand in line, all planned, everything ready to go. Got to Jamie George, big moment, everyone clapping. Gets about halfway up, Trips stacks it. Yeah. but on a suit flight. <laughs> over
0: his head, didn't he? <laughs>
1: tore his pants. <laughs> <laughs> really hot, yeah. Shuffled yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got yes. Yeah, so stairs are no mean feat. They, yeah, they can so take down the they best people, take down,
0: especially wearing studs. So, so you, know, you finally climb not Everest, but whatever the tallest mountain in Italy is. You get to the pitch. You're not on the pitch. You can see it, but then you've got an athletics track. You have got an eight lane motorway to cross to get to the pitch. You have. So by the time you get to the pitch. You're knackered.
1: You are. But what will says well, once, I will say is once you actually get up and you say you come out from underneath the stadium, it's pretty cool because you get up and it, the stadium hole wraps around. It's all one tier there. So it sort of wraps around. And it's pretty cool coming out. I actually, that's probably the only ground, I can only think of that stadium that, that you actually come out from underneath. Yeah. And it's quite cool, actually. Yeah. But you're right. You then have another long mission to try and then get to the actual pitch itself. Yes.
0: And then you get lined up. And then one of the greatest... I wouldn't say events in rugby, but one of the best anthems in rugby. It is,
1: I, in my opinion, the Italian national anthem is awesome. I think I've got no idea what they're do you saying. Have no idea, no idea what they're saying. You'd like me to help I unveil love. the? And I, I'm pretty the sure the listeners have a clue, yeah, So let right, okay. Let's get into it.
0: I did some research on this.
1: Did you ever find yourself sort of humming along to it? Oh yeah,
0: it gets Du-du-du-du-du. you going doesn't it I'm going to read it out to you.
1: Okay, fine. Right. Do, we do it. We'll do the slow version.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> <bit> of it. Bum, bum, Brothers of Italy, Italy has risen. Bound Scorpios. Helmet. I don't know what they're doing Scorpio's helmet, but Upon her head, I don't know what this is. Where is victory? Let her bow down. Because as a slave of Rome, God did create her. Then, the chorus. Let us join in a cohort. We are ready for death. We are ready for death. Italy is called. Yes. Jesus. No That's wonder, why they're crying. No right? they're mad
1: for it. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> I know. Then it goes on. I don't think we've seen the second verse today. We were for centuries downtrodden, derided, because we are not one people, but because we are divided. Let one flag, one hope gather us all. The hour has struck for us all to unite.
1: It's pretty, um... Deep. It's a bit harder than God Save the King, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, I- do you know what that probably no wonder there's a lot of passion yeah. that goes into that anthem when you're ready for it. death
0: yeah yeah. And it's just
1: rugby lads it's yeah. just <laughs> rugby come on just again just rugby win lose we'll have a beer afterwards yeah. it's fine well no wonder they're um, fired up Yeah, they are and they show a lot of emotion oh yeah, yeah they are good at showing emotion but when you've translated that I can see that anthem would get you pretty or fired you're ready up. for death mate
0: rugby's a mere not an issue is it no you're prepared to go to that place then test match is just simple We've done the anthems, the Italians are really pumped up, England are pumped.
1: We actually, to be fair though, we try and always take a little sting out because it's a long wait, so we always wear our anthem jackets, Yes. so that will come off, and then one of the things, the primers, because you haven't touched a ball for a while, and you haven't hit anything, there's tackle shields, so some lads will hit, right? Yeah. Do a couple of hits? Yes, Uh, because it's taken about half an hour to go from the warm-up to the changing
0: room, back to the pitch for the anthems. There was no point in warming up, really, because physically you're now cold. Yeah. So you then do a small warm-up again to get going.
1: You're also, like, really tight because your hamstrings have been clenching because you've been, like, ice skating, <laughs> so lads are getting triggered. A few yeah. lads getting a quick rub, trying to try loosen up. Yes. Yeah, some lads will pass, kick, run, do down up, yes. essentially, essentially, all that is is trying to prime yourself and take a little bit of sting out of Because yeah, there's normally as Well,
0: I think that might go to a TV break, doesn't it? There? Or there's, like, an yeah. advert or something. There's that lull in the stadium. And often, as we said before, you have to clear the pitch. There might be anthem. There might be a band and stuff to clear. So there's a couple of minutes there, isn't there, for players to re-warm up and try and take the sting out of the Italian national anthem and then ready to kick off.
1: So once you finish that and we've done all that, the guys that aren't playing have the long walk back to the bench. Yes. Because you're a long way from the pitch. And actually, when you're on the bench, one thing I mentioned, I don't know about you, Coley, but you end up watching the big screen anyway a lot of the time, <laughs> don't you? You, this weekend, can put yourself... You're a fan. I am aren't you? So,
0: if you ever decide to go to Rome, I've looked at some stadium reviews for you. The first one I came across, Ben, a view from my seat, uk on the Stadio Olimpico, said, if you like heights, this is for you. Back row, highest section of the stadium. If I squint my eyes, I don't know what else you'd be squinting, but if I squint my eyes, I think that might be Johnny Sexton down there. <laughs> <laughs> the green and white dot next to the other green and white dot. So obviously this person wasn't overly impressed. And then I also Googled, there's another one from footballgroundmap.com and it's nicely modernised Olympic Stadium. It loses something by being away from the pitch because of the running track but it's offset by the amazing atmosphere. Drink was nice with Peroni being on tap beers.
1: Well, that's good. Safe to say, Rome is a really enjoyable place for us to go play.
0: It does, there's a two-star review Just an exposed ground but good snack bar.
1: Good snack.
0: <laughs> right, so yes, if you are a England rugby fan, listen to this on Thursday maybe Friday, and you're travelling to the um, game and you haven't got a plan of action, apart from seeing the game and sitting in Irish bar drinking, we've got you covered because there are some other stuff to see in Rome. I've done some in-depth research on TripAdvisor. The top 10 things to see in Rome. Number one, Coliseum. Incredible.
1: And I think I'm pretty sure, and I don't know the coach, but I know the Italian lads, because I remember Castro Giovanni telling me this story, that he got the players to go to the Coliseum and sort of do this amazing speech and try and get everyone hyped up but essentially it was like a day or two days before the game. So they basically peaked right. on like the Thursday, <laughs> yeah. and then come the Saturday, absolutely emotionally drained. Oh. Um, but the Coliseum's amazing. The
0: fact that it's still there after like 2,000 years. I looked at they'd done some like warnings and stuff, and um, to keep the sun off people, and the naval battles. You know the naval battles there?
1: They did, they used to fill it up with water, and off they were I mean,
0: how did they, like, they, somewhere that they did it basically during the midday break, they'd fill it with water and do naval games. Now how the fuck you fill that... And drain it over like an hour of lunch unless it's like the midday break was the italian we'll go for a siesta it's actually a 10 hour
1: it's actually 10 days yeah you
0: know when you like go to pre-season you go to like Teresa or whatever We'd it's like oh guys uh, you got the afternoon off do you want to oh let's all go into town and get some lunch yeah and you get into town and everything's closed because it it's doesn't... between the hours of like 11 <laughs> and 5 and you're like <laughs> when i'm having lunch then yeah it's like oh no, we're back at five. It's like, I oh, was at lunch. You said, like, yeah, when's dinner? Oh, it's midnight. You're like, oh great.
1: Or you'd go, And then we'd go out for dinner yeah. and they thought we were really strange going for dinner like at eight o'clock yeah. and then it'd be drawn out so long, which is a nice thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely way how yeah, they yeah. do that. Like food's obviously really, really special and it's yeah. like a big
0: but yeah, it's, it's it's on the Italian terms. You go out for a team meal and it's like, right, we're training tomorrow. We're knackered. We're, yeah, we're knackered. We'll have dinner at seven. Just give my food and I like go, Just get it in there and we'll leave. And it's like, you turn up at seven and it's like, yeah, 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 you Your you table's at seven, but we don't serve till everyone else gets here at nine. So you sat there and you're eating like, Bread and olive, which is fine.
1: I just remember being in Treviso, World Cup camp. Everyone knackered. We went out about three times with different foods, and you just wanted your food, and it yeah. took so long. It was like um, Rowan Atkinson from Love Actually when he's bagging up the box. It was just like, please, <laughs> just give me my <laughs> yeah, pasta, yeah. mate. I'm knackered, and we have got training tomorrow. But it was just
0: such a drawn <laughs> out experience. Uh, number one's Colosseum. Number two is the Pantheon. Have you been to the Pantheon? No, not
1: right. really. Trevi Fountain. Number yes. three, make your wish, Chuck in your coin. And then someone chucks in a magnet behind you on a string and then just sucks up the coins and yes. just steals it. With us. <laughs> steals it. Perfect. Um, That's my I wish. <laughs> number four is the Piazza
0: Navona. I'm sure you've probably seen it. Um, yeah, heard of it, yeah. Then you've got like the Basilica di Santi Maria Magori. Um, have you been to the Vatican? It's surrounded by Rome. I don't know if it's in Rome. Do you guys know it's in Rome? You know it's in Rome is it its own place? It's actually its own country. Have you been there? No i've never actually
1: gone into the vatican
0: i did that once i think when my first england trip because we there on a thursday we had a friday afternoon off so a lot of us went to the vatican how was it how's
1: the art well michelangelo yeah yeah he didn't go blind
0: paying it um just so you know the sistine chapel it is an amazing place but it's a bit of a contradiction because it's like i've always been told like the church pleads poverty and then you've got these like ginormous statues of certain saints and the sistine chapel and you're like this place is fantastic Maybe you should sell it. And we digress into religion here, which we don't want to do that. Yeah, we don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, to um, do, this pod is yeah, not about yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm about that. It's about rugby. <laughs> so it's great. It's another place to visit in Rome. So who went with you? And who turned it down? I think I went with like the veterans. Yeah. But Steve Thompson, I think. Like Lewis Deacon. I think Nick East might have been there. It was like the 30-year-old men and me, 23, wanting to be 30 at the time. But they knew what they were doing. And I think we went to see the Spanish Steps and get like a, a coffee. And that must have cost 400 euros each. I think we were ripped off by the Spanish <laughs> Steps, but I wasn't paying. I'm a mod. Any other sites and sounds in Italy you want to divert into? I think we've done the big ones. We've
1: done the main ones, haven't we?
0: Yeah, the and English. you can see the Flamin- Studio Flaminio if you want to, which is a ruin. Just go which and is, see that. Which is overgrown <laughs> and,
1: and which is sad, isn't it? Well, that's not no longer in use. So that's our
0: guide to Rome. Um, it's probably the end of this pod, but I want played play an under twenties game in Italy. And um, at the end of the the game, we had, you know you should go to dinners, or nobody wants to be there. And the Italian, I don't know if he was the under 20, present, it could have just been a dad. But I remember him being like, um, I'm pretty sure it's Proximo from Gladiator. It could have just been a random Italian, Oliver Reed lookalike, but in my head he looks like him. And he stood up and he's like, we have a famous saying in Rome, when in Rome, fuck the rest. <laughs> 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 I'm
1: so we were lost. like, what?
0: It's under 20s dinner, and it was like." Right on that note, we're going home. Bye. But yeah.
1: And what they just sat down. Yeah, that in, was it, mate. In, <laughs> in speech.
0: <laughs> when in Rome, fuck the rest. So I think that's probably a, a good way of ending this podcast. Yeah,
1: it's good teams. It's good social after, right? Yeah. Oh, in yeah, in yeah, Rome, yeah. Yes. you know, under
0: twenty sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> when in Rome, fuck the rest. Babe. There we are. Fuck the
1: rest. Well, that was a very enjoyable episode about Rome. Yeah, and if anyone is going, then obviously give your review and send it in. Molto bene. Molto bene. That means very good. Anything else is too complicated. What's five stars in Italian? Just let me use my
0: trusted app. Cinque Stelle. If you put an accent on it, it becomes more authentic. Yeah, I think it's genuine. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, give us those five-star reviews, and you get bonus points if you leave it in Italian.
1: Yeah, or if you give us a full description of, of your trip to Rome. And was it everything that we described it to be if you want another podcast to listen to go and find joe
0: marler's things people do listen to the episode he did with the guy who builds children's playgrounds for a living
1: i'm intrigued i, I might have to listen to that now that's uh, if you want to listen to our podcast ad free go to the amazon music or if you're on apple just subscribe for one pound per week
0: because when in rome fuck the rest